back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Um, I'm your less enthusiastic <laughs> host's boyfriend, Jimmy. See, okay, I'm just really excited today to be back because you know why, Jimmy? Why? This this Monday night, also, yes, I am recording this introduction again, last second on a Monday night. Um, This Monday night feels good because finally I have finished my five-week externship I'm back into my swing of things. I'm seeing a patient again tomorrow morning at school. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to be back. You're doing great. But there is one thing you didn't accomplish. What? You didn't get to the grocery store. Okay, right? well, let's just, like, do that later. <laughs> um, so, I'm just happy to be back. I feel like Odysseus, after, like, his long journey home, like, I, I finally made it. My loyal dog, my, my we, loyal dog welcomed me home. Anyways, first things first, let's get into the hot girl huddle. Hit it, editing, Connie. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys, this week for healthcare horoscopes. Let me shuffle these cards. Ooh, can I pick? No, I think I want to turn. Last week okay, you picked the you, moon. You I've been picking bad recently. Uh, you really have? Well, no, you did but pretty good with the star. Yeah, you had a couple good weeks before this. How did you feel last week? Did you feel like it lived up to the moon card? What? Remind me what happened to the Last week was supposed to be all about, like, uh. What was it? Last week was all supposed to be like, oh, like things from the past coming up and like facing your like subconscious like fears or something. Okay, the only moon from the past uh, is we saw Ellie's friend Moon. The dog <laughs> yeah, there's a husky named Moon. <laughs> Actually, that's or like Ellie's so perfect. Boyfriend. Yeah, it's one of her boyfriends. She has Moon the husky, Leo the German Shepherd. She, she's got a whole roster, you Leo guys. Yeah, she's into the bad boys. We're not going to justify what he did, but she still has a crush on him. we're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she's better better than Henley, the Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh, my God. Henley, what a character. <laughs> this is the fun part of, parent, of puppy parenthood. This week, for the week of June 20th, the card is... Ooh! The card is the World Upright. The World Upright. Let me look at that on... <laughs> I'm really happy there haven't been any repeats so far. Oh my god! Wait, hold on. Wait, this looks good. Wait, this does. Okay, wait. Let me. Let me read it. Okay. Ooh, shows a naked woman. Okay. This is good. <laughs> no. Okay, you guys, the world upright. When the world card appears in a tarot reading, you are glowing with a sense of wholeness, achievement, fulfillment, and completion. Wait, this, like, makes so much sense, because, like, I just came back from externship. A long-term project, a period of study, a relationship or career has come full circle, and you are now reveling in a sense of closure and accomplishment. Yes, cut that cord. I am done with externship. Not that it wasn't, like, great or whatever. Um, I'll get into that with Spit Talk, but this card could represent graduation, a marriage, the birth of a child, or achieving a long-held dream or aspiration. You finally accomplished your goal or purpose. Everything has come together, and you are in the right place, doing the right thing, achieving what you've envisioned. You feel whole and complete. Now, here's the thing. Now, the world card invites you to reflect on your journey, honor your achievements, and tune into your spiritual lessons. Celebrate your successes, bask in the joy... All the triumphs and uh, tribulations along your path have made you strong, wise, and a more experienced person now. Um, express gratitude for what you've created and make sure you don't rush into the next big project. So celebrate your journey. 
Okay, so what if you guys are listening out there to this and you're like, wait a minute, I haven't really like finished anything yet. Okay, keep keep listening. If you have not quite reached this point of completion, then you are very close. You may still need an added level of understanding to graduate to a higher level and enjoy real success. Look back on your past experiences and acknowledge how far you've come. It may surprise you your progress. Your progress. If loose if loose ends still remain, the world card asks you to bring the. Con- Ugh, I really can't talk right now. If loose ends, it's because I just woke up from a nap. All three of us just woke up from a nap, so we're still kind of like sleepy and like rubbing our eyes. Yeah, we're just like, even Ellie's like chewing on her bone. Yeah, we're all just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, literally the three of us were like, the house was silent like a good ten minutes ago and the three of us were like deep in, in a nap. And then she's like, <laughs> I'm too slow for her right <laughs> And then I woke up in a panic and I was like, ah, Jimmy, we need to record. If any loose ends still remain, the world card asks you to bring them to completion. In doing so, you will clear the space for new beginnings and opportunities to emerge. So close up things if you haven't yet, finish things up. Um, also, last but not least, more literally, the world can mean world travel. You might be lucky enough to embark on a six-month overseas trip or working or studying or living abroad. This card enforces, like, global awareness and appreciation for people and cultures cultures from around the world. Nice! Do you feel that sense of completion at all? Um, I mean, not all of us can be as in tune with the tarot as I am. I feel like the last time I felt that sense. Did you just have that detail to tell everyone? Yeah, it's for the boyfriends. Okay. They <laughs> everyone. Need, they needed to hear it. Everyone, uh, round of applause for Jimmy for completing his video game a couple months ago. Apparently that's the last time he felt completion. Okay, now on to spit talk. Alrighty, you guys. So this week for spit talk, obviously I'm very excited because now it's kind of like I completed like basically the last big thing except boards i completed but like a big thing in order to graduate and now it's just about finishing my requirements like i already knocked one thing out of the way um i just feel relieved because a no more commuting i used to commute two hours a day to get to that externship so i'm just happy i don't have to sit on that like train for that long anymore i feel like while i was there i like didn't realize how hard it was but it was actually like kind of a hard time um maybe in another episode i'll like fully get into everything but basically i feel like while some of the people were really nice and like it was a good place like i got to try a lot of things and like learn a lot of things at the same time it was just kind of like draining doing everything and i just really missed like my faculty and i miss running into my friends like i never realized how much i rely on my friends and my faculty to like keep me going um and I miss my own patience you know like I feel like it's one thing to just treat like anyone that I was seeing but like I've formed these like really long-standing bonds with the few patients that I've been seeing over and over again at school so I'm just like I'm excited to see them again I was like texting them like to come in and they were like oh yeah I'm like excited I haven't seen you in like a month this is like the longest I've gone without seeing you and I was like yeah so yeah yeah it's time for you to make your triumphant I literally, I feel like Odysseus. I'm so full of myself. (laughs) Odysseus has come home, you guys. Uh, Jimmy, anything new to share this week? Um, Oh, we we did get some Italian food in a certain little Italian area. Wait, you guys, this is another, like, circle of completion for me. Okay, so basically... Every single year, I try... We live in Boston, right? There's, like, a lot of Italian people. So, every year, we eat 
every year, like, people talk about, like, cannolis and, like, Italian food and that kind of stuff. And there's just two Italian foods that I've always wanted so badly to like, but I just haven't because, like, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't get into it. And that's cannolis and gnocchi. And finally, not cannolis, but finally, I feel like I've completed my gnocchi arch and I've finally found a gnocchi that I liked. This, this is a big moment, you guys. I know. No, I like tried yours. It was different. I feel like she affirmed her love for gnocchi, and I affirmed my. Like, that means you have to try again next year because basically like jimmy and i only eat like gnocchi and cannolis once a year and up until this point it was that once a year when i was like yeah i don't, I don't really like we this you're so close to something but you're just... <laughs> um so anyways yeah i just feel really proud of myself because i finally this is exactly how i felt when i tri tried papaya every year once a year and i didn't like papaya and then one year i just liked it and yeah now my taste buds have finally evolved and now i like gnocchi so yeah. we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for this week's fit talk just to <laughs> just to give it listen some weeks you have big spit talk things other weeks Anyways, for this week's episode, I thought it would be interesting if I took you guys along on a hot girl walk. Basically, the weather was really nice, the birds were chirping, I was in some kind of mood, so I wanted to take you guys along, I thought it would be fun. Um, I basically walked through the streets of Boston, which in hindsight, now that I'm editing this, I'm like, this was kind of a mistake. Um, but it, you know what, you're very present with me. You guys are, you guys are really here. Um, and it's almost like a podcast book club kind of thing so i basically summarized some really interesting like gems that i've learned from podcasts recently that were just too good for me to pass up and i wanted to present them to you guys and like kind of it's, it's literally like a book club like discuss like everything that i learned on that podcast and thought it was interesting um and i also mentioned some other recent relevations i made as well having dinner with my cousin so yeah Basically, enjoy this hot girl walk through Boston. I take you guys, like, past this Bostonian tour group at one point. There's a man playing the piano. Like, it's just, it's it's this fun journey. So, anyways, I hope you guys have a good Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've been hearing, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Makes our day. And, yeah, now time for the main episode. I really like the grout that you wore for your hot girl walk. Oh, you saw that? <laughs> Thanks. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I'll see you guys later. Bye! Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the main part of today's episode. So, the sun is shining, the the birds are chirping, and you know what? Nature is healing. It's officially summer here in Boston. So, I thought it'd be fun if I take you guys along for basically a hot girl walk right now. I'm walking back home from being downtown. I just grabbed lunch with a friend. So for today's episode, what I really wanted to do was I just wanted to discuss some words of wisdom and just like bits of reflections and realizations that I've picked up on recently from some of my top podcasts, um, some meaningful interactions with family and friends. I don't really know what to title this episode yet. You guys will see when it comes out, obviously, but this is just some like recent, like really good hard hitting lessons that I hope that all of you guys out there listening, like maybe it'll resonate with you. I don't know, I just I just felt like these gems were too good to pass up and I wanted to share them with you. So I compiled them from various podcast episodes and conversations all into one. Um, and yeah, I just wanted this to feel like a FaceTime call or like a phone call with a friend basically. You guys might be able to hear the city in the background, you might be able to hear the birds chirping. Anyway, 
anyways, it's a grand old time with me. So without further ado, let me first put on my GPS to make sure I'm not getting lost. Okay, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going in the right direction. Anyways, the first tidbit of information that I wanted to share with you guys was from an episode of one of my favorite podcasts called The Skinny Confidential, um, but the guest is Ed Milet. He's like literally the best guest ever. He's been on, I think, four episodes of their podcast, and each one just gets better and better and better. Highly recommend you guys going to listening to all of his episodes with them. But on the most recent episode with him, I think it was the fourth one, um, these were just some really good points that I wanted to mention. So, point number one. So basically, this sounds, this is going to feel like a little book club, except it's like a podcast club for me summarizing my thoughts and um, like my extrapolations on what he said. So basically what I got from the conversation with him was one, basically we all want to live like a more positive life, right? But like, how do we actually get there and how do you have more positive experiences? So basically what he was saying with this was that it comes down to the thoughts that we plant in our head. And like, that's kind of just it, right? Like people forget that thoughts for the most part don't really just pop into your head out of nowhere. Like they, they had to, they had to get there somehow, right? So how do they get there? It's actually all about the questions that you ask yourself. That's how you plant thoughts into your head. And so, like, basically the idea is that in order to be happy and to, like, have a good life, instead of thinking, like, the thoughts that you have in your head, it's more about the questions that you're asking yourself in order to get those thoughts there. Which I just thought was really interesting because you don't really think about your thoughts that much in that way, I feel like. Like, you don't really think about how you can change them. You're just like, oh, my thoughts are my thoughts and that's just what it is. But no, you can actually like make an impact on the quality of thoughts you're having and the positivity of the thoughts you're having by changing the questions you're asking yourself. Like prime yourself to be asking yourself questions that would give you good and positive answers. And they got a cute, you guys, there's a little Boston tour guide right now that I'm walking behind. Oh my God, and he's dressed in like a colonial outfit. He's so cute. You go king, we love a colonial king. I honestly think that I would like thrive if I was like a Boston tour guide because one, I love costumes, love a good theme, and then two, I just like making people listen to me talk, clearly. So maybe I should just become a, a Boston tour guide, I don't know. Anyways, where was I? Okay, so that was basically thought number one. I just thought it was really interesting to think about how your thoughts get into your head and how you can control to have like a more positive life, I guess. Okay, point number two that I thought was really interesting is that we all have an emotional home, okay? I've heard this multiple times. I've heard this in another book. I think it was 101 Ways to Change the Way You Think. And so basically, oh my God, now of course there's someone playing the piano that I'm walking by. Please hold one second. I've sufficiently bypassed the piano man. Great job. Um, Okay, so where was I? Okay. So yeah, the idea of having an emotional home. So basically, At some point, either in our childhood or developed along the way, we basically have created our own like state of mind and living that just feels comfortable to us because it's like really familiar, right? So like it's good in the sense that it makes you feel comfortable, but it's not so good because for me, for example, I think my emotional home is being in an anxious and worrying state because I grew up watching my like super hardworking immigrant parents just like constantly having this energy and this mindset of like you have to save and scrimp because you never know what's going to happen the next day like you have to save and stuff because nothing is certain and like you just can never know what happened. I like totally understand how they have this mindset because in order to survive what they've been through and in order to immigrate they had to live this way and I used to think that this like anxious or worrying state was good because I thought that it prepared me for 
you know, the worst case scenario. And I could sleep better at night knowing like everything always ends up being better than I expected. Wow, this is really just proving how out of breath I get from talking and walking at the same time. Okay, I, I need to stop to take a look at the GPS because I very much might be headed in the wrong direction. But anyways, recently I've been doing some reflecting and I realized that I've spent most of my whole life chasing the feeling of like things being better than I expected. Like I always like being like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. It, like this turned out better than I thought it would be. But then I stopped and I thought about it and then I realized that means my whole life I've always been expecting for things to be worse. Like I don't want my baseline way of functioning to already be lower than it has to be, right? Like I don't want to be living in this like state of constant fear and anxiety. Like there's that saying, if you worry about it before it happens, you're basically worrying about it twice. And yeah, I like had that realization because that basically means that that's what I've been living all 26 years of so far. And like, yeah, it feels good when things turn out to be better than I expected. It feels like a little bit of relief, but it's not really serving me to the best that I can. And that's when I realized it wasn't my anxious thoughts and worrying that helped me to succeed and to get to where I am basically. It, it, it wasn't the preparing for the worst case scenario that helped me. I am where I am and I'm successful in spite of having an anxious home, like my anxious emotional home, not my actual home. And also this like reminds me then that I can actually do things to mitigate feeling this anxious emotional home of mine. So I just think it's really good for like any of you guys listening out there to really stop and like give yourselves a second to think. Think about what type of an emotional home you have, like what type of an emotional home you're predisposed to and think about whether or not it's serving you. And basically the whole idea of this is like, you don't have to like get up and change whole ass zip codes because the thing is like we are who we are for a reason. So like, I like how this approach instead, it asks you to just like reframe the narrative. And one helpful way to do this is by asking yourself, what would I need to ask myself and believe to not have this feeling? It kind of goes back to my first point of like affecting your thoughts starts with affecting the questions that you essentially ask yourself. And another point that Ed Milet brought up in this discussion of the podcast I really liked was, it's not the events in our lives that change our lives, it's the meaning we attach to these events. And these meanings are, again, derived from the questions that we ask. So it's kind of like the whole idea, like it's not really what like happens to you. You know, things happen to everyone. Everyone has stuff that they have to deal with at some point, right? So it's more like what you can take away from it and the significance that you bring to something. So a good question to ask yourself with this would be, what would I need to believe about this to serve me? Say someone cuts you off at the line to Starbucks in the morning and like you're really pissed off, whatever. What would I need to believe about this to serve me? So like in order for me to get over that, say I was like really upset about this for some reason. In order for me to get over that, I would need to believe like, you know what, maybe this person is in a huge rush and like they have stuff going on that like I don't really know about, like I can't really imagine. That would help me deal with it, you know? So obviously this is like such a small, like insignificant thing to be discussing, but like there's a, there's a different version to spin this for whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life right now. Just ask yourself, what would I need to believe about this situation to serve me? Because at the end of the day, it's really all how you think about it and not what it actually is. Like things only mean as much as like the meaning that you give them. Okay, so anyways, that's basically everything that I took away from that episode that I thought was really helpful now. So I went to dinner with my cousin the other night and we were actually talking about two really interesting things that I wanted to discuss. 
the first thing that she brought up was that I thought this was interesting. There's basically like two classes of people, right? There's people that are constantly searching for the best thing. So I fall into this category, the, the value seekers or like something. I, I forget the name of it, but basically I fall into this category of being a value seeker where you don't buy anything until you have extensive research. You don't do anything without like cross comparing all of your options. And so like me at the store, when I'm like grocery shopping for beans, I have to look at literally all my options, cross compare like the prices, the quality, the variety, like everything. Like I, I can't leave any stone untouched before I make a decision. And at the end of the day, you think that you won because you think that you've chosen something that's like the best thing. And then there's another class of people that like, say for example, you're buying jeans and they just know that they want jeans. They can just go, they look into a random store. They're like, oh, you know what? This store has jeans. And then they find something that like kind of checks off like the two to three boxes that they have instead of the 10 boxes like me, like a value seeker. Um, they just like find something that basically works for what they want and they buy it and they don't think about it anymore. And that just got me thinking because sometimes on paper, the best option, like the best option that these like value seekers like me are looking for might not even be the true best option because like think about the amount of time and effort and stress that you put into finding it, right? Like, yeah, maybe the people that just walked into the store and picked a pair of jeans didn't get the cheapest or like the most comfortable or like the best high end item. But then if you think about it, they also didn't spend like an endless amount of time agonizing over everything. And like better yet, they don't even know that there's any better options out there. So it doesn't really like keep them up at night because they just like got what they needed and they don't think about it anymore. And so basically this just kind of like goes to show the idea that something being the best is honestly just like a mental construct that like we tell ourselves. And it's important to just take a step back if you're trying to decide something and like just think about what it's worth. Is it worth for you to spend this much time and energy deciding? Some things are worth it, but just honestly, like some things are not. And I think like it's important that in our lives, we reevaluate constantly what we think is the best or the highest value. And like, essentially, this is just reevaluating re constantly what you want from something. So anyways, that was point number one that I thought was really interesting when I was having dinner with my cousin. Okay, and so the second thing that I discussed with my cousin was I think this was like really like someone out there needs to hear this and I know someone out there needs to hear this because I also needed to hear this. So we discussed this quote that my uncle used to always say. Um, so basically the quote that he likes to say is that you are never as dumb as your dumbest day and never as smart as your smartest day. So the whole idea is that if you're having a down day where you're feeling down about yourself and you're you know like replaying the things that you've done wrong thinking about the things that you've been criticized for. Think about all the times in life where you got like so lucky and you just happened to look really smart, right? So like maybe your attending was asking you questions and you just happened to do last second reading up about something. Like you weren't planning on it. And had they asked you like literally a day before, you totally wouldn't have known this. But last second you got lucky and you knew the right thing at the right time. You recognize that you weren't as smart as it seemed in that smartest moment, right? Like you're attending this to be like, oh my God, like they literally know everything. They're amazing. Really inside you're like, whew, thank God I looked up on this. Like I got lucky. Same thing applies for when you're feeling down about yourself because you made a dumb mistake or got negative feedback. Just as much as your best moments aren't indicative of how truly smart you are, same thing goes for like your worst moments. Basically, this is all just to say we can't be defined by moments or snippets in time because they're never a true accurate depiction of where we are. So it's, I, I guess the bigger theme to this is you need stability where you can't allow positive comments to like inflate your ego 
just like you can't allow negative things to totally deflate them. If your preceptor gives you one positive comment, you're not the best, obviously, at everything. You just did that thing well. Same thing if your preceptor gives you a negative comment. That also means that you're not the worst ever. You're not gonna, you're not horrible. It's just like, take the comment for what it is. And basically, the only one who can truly tell you how smart or how dumb or how whatever you are is yourself. Because only you know where you stand. And it's probably gonna be somewhere in that middle. So I've gone over the Ed Milet conversation on the Skinny Confidential. I've gone over dinner with my cousin. Now, the last thing I want to discuss was I listened to a really good podcast this morning. It's called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. A bunch of you guys have probably listened to it before and he had a really good guest today. It's Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, I think his name is. He's this like super successful doctor that discusses things like happiness and purpose and stuff like that. Highly recommend. But anyways, he just had a couple of really good points that I wanted to bring up because I thought these were really insightful. So basically, first point is that happiness is a byproduct when we do the right things. So, okay, at face value, this seems kind of obvious, right? Like, obviously, I know I should be working out. Obviously, I know I should be drinking water and that would make me like better or whatever. But I feel like a lot of times, at least like growing up too, it feels like we describe happiness as if we have to choose between something that makes us happy and choose something that's good for us. For example, choose to do your homework or choose to play video games. These are two different things. When really, we could be so much better off if we started seeing the things that are good for us as like pathways to happiness. So instead of seeing like doing your homework as like the antithesis of happiness and playing video games, instead of like seeing it black and white like that, see doing your homework and the things you don't wanna do as instead like a potential avenue for happiness. Like, oh, I'm gonna feel so good once I'm done with doing my homework or like, I don't know, it's kind of hard because I don't have homework anymore, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like find a way to, I guess, tell the story in your mind that this can be your path to happiness. I swear to God, today the day I decided to record this like hot girl walk, all of the neighborhood garbage trucks were like, let's just all come together and drive by Connie and escort her on her way home. Okay, so another good point that was brought up in today's podcast episode is that a lot of the friction in our life, like the unhappiness and, you know, the the regret, the guilt, the whatever negative feeling you have it, a lot of this is because of our acceptance of what has happened already and like the things that you can't change. And so it kind of seems like the path to happiness is actually the path to get acceptance to what has happened in your life. And the way to do that is to tell happiness stories is how he said it. Basically, I feel like it's basically seeing your life slightly delusional and like retelling yourself what really happened. But you know what? I always said my greatest strength, I think, as a person is how fucking delusional I am because I tend to try things and think I can do things before realizing like, oh, that was like kind of bold of me to think I could do that. But yeah, you know what? My naivete and my um, delusions about myself are my greatest strength. So I think that we should all put a little bit of this imagination and delusionness into our day to day. So basically think about the things that are bothering you and find a way to turn it into like a happy story almost. So like, for example, one thing that like kind of stresses me out is like how many requirements I have to do before I graduate. Like those are still kind of looming over me and I feel like I can't really take a deep breath until I finish all my requirements. But today I was like journaling and I was like, okay, Connie, how do you turn this into like a happy story? And the way that I thought about it was, you know what? I, yes, I still have lots of requirements to do before I'm done. I'm not done yet, but you know what? A lot of those requirements mean, you know, spending more time with my patients, spending more time with my faculty, like they're all learning opportunities. So instead of rushing to finish my requirements 
as if it's like an end destination and instead treating it as like every appointment where I see a patient, this is like a lesson that I can learn. There's something I can take away from it and there's value that I can get. Like I'm not paying like 100K a year to just race to finish my requirements, right? Like I'm paying this money to learn from my amazing faculty, to learn from my patients. So to spin it and think like, okay, instead of worrying about the requirements I still have left and focusing on the lessons that I still have like in store for me to learn, that's a way to reframe it so that I'm excited to be present and to become a better dentist. And yeah, I feel like it's easy to get, it's easy to forget like the big picture goal when your day to day is focused on the nitty gritty details and checking off the boxes. But that's just like not a sustainable long-term way to live. It's honestly just gonna burn me out. And I read in some other posts, like it's really important for while you're in school to develop good habits, right? Everyone says that. Well, it's also equally as important while you're in school to develop good mindset habits. Because if you're worried constantly about like finishing your requirements and stuff, like while you're in school and you're developing these negative anxious habits of like comparing yourself or like that kind of stuff, that's still gonna translate after you graduate school. Because you know what? There's always gonna be someone to compare yourself to. There's always gonna be a metric that you're gonna try to judge yourself by. Like if it's not finishing your requirements, then you're gonna be looking at your production numbers and things like that. And like, yes, to a certain extent, that's kind of healthy to judge how you're doing and like where you wanna be in life. Basically, the important thing is that you just need to find a way to take what's productive from these habits, but then also like leave what's not productive. So leave the comparing yourself, leave the uh, like feeling inadequate and the, the feeling like a constant feeling of being behind, I guess you could say. That's how I feel with my requirements. Uh, leave that feeling at the door and instead like find the productive aspects of it. Like find a way to just let it motivate you in a positive way. Okay, another point that I thought was really interesting from today's podcast was that meaning and purpose comes with living in alignment with your values. So basically the whole idea for this thing is that happiness isn't something that you can chase. Um, People always say like, don't chase happiness because it's not normal to be like happy all the time. So instead chase meaning and purpose. And like with that, you'll become happy. And like, yes, I can see what they mean with that. And I, and I do agree to some extent, but it's actually much more complicated than that. So Dr. Chatterjee made the example that if you're a soldier fighting in a war, you might feel a lot of meaning and purpose from what you're doing, right? And from fighting for your country. But that won't necessarily mean that you're happy either. And also, if you're in a situation where you're unsure of what gives you meaning and purpose, then you're kind of also like, well, then like, how do I get there? How do I like find this meaning and purpose? It's, it, like it's kind of like a very vague thing to try to look for. So basically the whole idea of his point is just that it all comes down to your personal values because that's a much more tangible way to practice this in your everyday life. So if one of your personal values is kindness, for example, then you can find meaning and purpose every day in being kind to your patients or kind to your coworkers, kind to your partners like in treating the fundamental building block of your personal values as the goal instead of some other lofty or vague thing like finding purpose and meaning, you'll actually get there and achieve your happiness as well. Which kind of makes sense because if I went into a room of like high schoolers and then I was like, find your meaning and purpose, they'd be like literally like what, like how, right? Like, but something that's much more tangible is an exercise where if I made you like sit down and list out your personal values and then you try to see how you could live out your personal values of like integrity or kindness or uh, curiosity like every single day. That's a much more tangible goal and way to live your life. So anyways, I just thought it'd be really healthy if you guys like stop and take a second to journal or think about personal values that you want to use as a compass for your life. 
And so one of the really good ways to journal about this, um, as the podcast mentioned, is, okay, it's, it's this like two-part system. So part one, basically write down three things that if you did them each week, that these things would bring you happiness. For example, let's see, what would I do if, what could I do that would bring me more happiness? I think if I could get outside and be in the sun more um, and do more like nature type things in the sun, that would bring me more happiness for one. I don't know, that's just one example. <laughs> do this three times. Think of three things that would bring you happiness each week. Okay, now part two, pretend you're on your deathbed and write your happy ending. Like think best case scenario, what could have happened in your life? What are three things you would have wanted to get done? So now you've done part one, writing down the three things you want to do each week to bring you happiness. And part two, writing down the three things you would have wanted to do at the end of your life. Now look at those two prompts and ask yourself, if you do those three things every single week, will you get to that happy ending that you want? So basically this is really helpful because it tells you how aligned your happiness habits would be to bringing you to what you want. So the thing is, a lot of people find out when they do this activity, it actually doesn't align. And this shows you that you need to make small shifts in your day to day to live a more intentional and aligned life with what you actually want to achieve by the time, you know, when it comes your time at the end of your life. I just thought it's really powerful because it's easy to be like, oh yeah, in my week to week, my day to day, I would like to do these things to make me happy. But it's a whole nother thing to compare those things that would make you happy in the present right now and kind of think about where it would eventually lead you and think about if it's really leading you to the life that you want to live when all is said and done. Also, I think this is an important activity to do at any stage that you're at because becoming aligned to like what you want is honestly such a constant process. It's not just like a one-stop destination and you'll get there and all of a sudden you'll be like magically healed and aligned and all of your chakras are like perfect. Like it's not really like that. And so, um, Another thing, they another thing they discussed on the podcast that was really interesting is how there's two types of happiness. There's circumstantial happiness, like every single day, little things that make us feel better. And then there's existential happiness. And these are things like alignment and contentment with your life. So whenever you do something, you need to think about how is this affecting your existence versus how is this affecting your circumstance? And this made me think about what things do I believe and do and want right now that are only because of the circumstance because I'm like in dental school like it just makes me reevaluate the things that make me happy and the things that I want to do like is it just because of my circumstance and I don't think it's wrong because we're all allowed to want our own desires for where we are in this moment and I think it's important to just let things be what they need to be with where you are right now but yeah i just i just think that's a very interesting way to think about happiness because when you think about happiness you're not thinking like oh is this something that's only temporary happiness or is this something that's like a more permanent existential type of thing i just really enjoy like existential thinking i always joke about this with like my friends but it's honestly true if, if you take me to a party i'm always like the one person that's cornering someone like forcing them to discuss like their big life-term goals and like what they think their meaning of life is and like like if I could help them with their existential crisis like for some reason I just like feel the need to guidance counselor people um and I think in my past life I was a guidance counselor <laughs> but anyways I hope you guys enjoyed coming along on my hot girl walk with me I'm now turning into my apartment I'm gonna be home soon so yeah this was a fun way to kind of have my little podcast book club I guess um I liked recapping these two podcasts and like the dinner conversation with my cousin I thought this was fun um I hope that the noise wasn't too noisy for you guys Note to self, uh, I probably won't do this again on the streets of Boston because the sirens and the garbage trucks and the motorcycles and the car honking. It was, it, yeah, it, okay, it was all just a bit much, okay? Um, but yeah, this was, this was fun. It was honestly like taking a friend along with me on a ride. So hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Anyways, I will see you guys next week. And with that, I will let the siren end this episode. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah,